Respectful obeisances. O original source of strength and scientific knowledge. O original source of strength and scientific knowledge. By the external energy. Idam. This body of Brahma. Upeyushe. Having obtained. Vihita. Accepting. Unabhedaya. A differentiated mode of passion. Namahate, offering obeisances unto you, avyakta, unmanifested, yonaye, source. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. O original source of strength and scientific knowledge, all obeisances unto you. You have accepted the differentiated mode of passion from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. With the help of external energy, you are born of the unmanifested source, all obeisances unto you. Please repeat. O original source of strength and scientific knowledge, all obeisances unto you, you have accepted the differentiated mode of passion from the Supreme Personality of Godhead with the help of external energy you are born of the unmanifested source all obeisances unto you report the Vedas are the original scientific knowledge for all departments of understanding and this knowledge of the Vedas was first impregnated into the heart of Brahma by the Supreme Personality of Godhead Therefore, Brahma is the original source of all scientific knowledge. He is born directly from the transcendental body of Garbhadakshayi Vishnu, who is never seen by any creature of this material universe, and therefore always remains unmanifested. Brahma is stated here to be born of the unmanifested. He is the incarnation of the mode of passion in material nature, which is a separated external energy of the Supreme Lord. Om Ajnana Yananjana Sarakaya Chakshur Umilitam Yena Tasmai Shri Guruvena Maha Namaste Jivanandaya Dasaya Vanacharine Prabhupada Vilabaya Smigdas Shila Vinodine Agyana Dwantagramanam Ashtyate Patitamanam Gyana Guru Taya Chita Harine Chakshashe Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Shri Mate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nitinamine Namaste Sarasvati Devi Gauravani Pracharine, Nirvishesha, Shunyavari, Pashyata, Visadarine. Vancha, Kapa, Trubhyasha, Kripa, Sindhu, Vehevacha, Patitanam, Bhavani, Vyo, Vaishnava, Vyo, Namo, Namaha. Jaya Sri Krishna, Jaitanya, Prabhu, Nityananda, Sri Advaita, Gadadhar, Shiva, Sari, Gauravakta, Vrinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. O original source of strength and scientific knowledge, all obeisances unto you. You have accepted the differentiated mode of passion from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. With the help of external energy, you are born of the unmanifested source, all obeisances unto you. So who's speaking here? Me, 
And who are they speaking to? That's correct. Speaking to, yeah, the demigods are speaking to. Yeah, the Lord of the Mark. Okay, so for those of you who are here, when we were um, going through chapter two of Bhagavatam, that was the chapter where Lord Brahma receives the Vedic knowledge from Krishna, from Vishnu. And said that he, he meditated for a thousand celestial years on the order of the Supreme Lord because he is the unborn um, in terms of regular birth. And he comes from the lotus flower of the Supreme Lord. And the Lord was pleased with him because he followed the instructions of the Lord and he engaged in very severe tapasya for a thousand celestial years, which is much longer than our years and the years of the demigods. And so it's described that after this time, because Brahma couldn't see the Lord, he only saw darkness, kind of what's happening here, because these demons are born, are, are, are in the womb of Diti. So similarly, when Brahma first came from the lotus flower, it was darkness. And so during this meditation period, he could not see the Lord. But after this period, then the Lord revealed to him by Kunta. And it's a very, very beautiful description. Also, it's a description of the kingdom of God. It's like this chapter where Vaikuntha is revealed to Brahmaji. And the beautiful Lord is seated on his throne. And it's said that he blessed Brahma and he shook his hand. And he said, now I will fulfill your desire because you were desiring to be empowered to create. And so we could say that um, Brahma and Lord Vishnu and Narayan, that was the first business deal in the universe. Um, and they shook hands. Because the mode of passion is the mode of material energy that um, facilitates business, facilitates going out and producing. So this can be used in the service of the Lord, or it can be used in the service of um, sense gratification. Or, or maya, a selfish um, engagement. So we can always meditate on that fact that if we always are shaking the Lord's hand, utilizing the mode of passion in service, then we're following the line of Lord Brahma in our sampradaya. So whenever we're, we're getting into the productive mode, and one thing that stood out to me in a Japa meditation workshop that we had in Pune, was um, Maharaj, he was speaking about being in the mood of receiving instead of achieving. And that really stood out to me because my nature personally is to want to achieve. I've always been somebody that if I have a to-do list, I want everything to be done off of it. So I'm in the mood of getting things done. So a type A personality. Um, he was, so that really stood out to me being in the mood of uh, receiving. So receiving the mercy and taking that mercy and using the mode of passion, which stated here is um, 
by the devas that he accepted, Lord Brahma accepted the differentiated mode of passion from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So there's also a description in the second canto about how not only did Lord Brahma not know anything, and not only did he have to receive all the Vedic knowledge, but all the materials for creation he had to take from the Lord. So in other words, everything is coming from the Lord. But the devas here are glorifying him. And we're going to see that this is actually the mood, um, as Guru Dev was, was discussing on Saturday, of being in power, is to glorify the devotees. Last week we were discussing how uh, evidence from the scripture says the highest position is to be servant of the servant of Krishna. The Lord Shiva confirmed this when he was in the conversation with Parvati, that he was saying the highest position in the material world is to be a servant of Lord Vishnu. But even higher than that is to be a servant of the servants of Lord Vishnu. So generally, um, in this material world, things are um, given to us based on what we desire, but also what we deserve. And so this desiring may be there, but if we don't have the punya, if we haven't done the pious activities, then we aren't able to achieve that quite yet. But in time, if we do the austerities um, and we accumulate this pious, these pious credits, we can gain what we like from, from the demigods I and mean, from the Supreme Lord. And so it's interesting that I was thinking that, you know, neither we desire Krishna consciousness nor we deserve Krishna consciousness. Because we're, we're from Kali Yuga, we're fallen from the Western countries. We neither deserve nor desire Krishna consciousness. But Prabhupada gave it to us anyway, through, Lord, through the mercy of Lord Jaitanya. Um, so Prabhupada, there is one conversation with Sri Prabhupada, and there's a discussion on causeless mercy. Prabhupada said, there is no cause. He says, if there is a cause to this causeless mercy, it's simply the mercy itself. It's just the blessings from the Lord and his associates. There's no other cause. There's no deserve. You didn't deserve or desire. Just, just pure mercy given by um, the Supreme Lord. And since we, in the beginning, turned away from Krishna, then he has no, there's no obligation for him to lend us a hand. But he does. That's called love. There's no obligation. That means that he cares for us. That means that he loves us. There's no other reason. And, and that's what he's, his activity is, is simply to help us. That's the external reason for his coming. Which can, which can transform into the internal purpose. We can become part of that. So, and there's a nice pastime. Um, Ananta Prabhu, he kindly gave me the audiobook of Chaitanya Charitamrita, so I've been listening. And um, there's a nice pastime of the Lord. He's, he's preparing to go to Vrindavan. He's been wanting to go to Vrindavan for a long time. 
but he's finally it's the right time. So he's he's uh, discussing privately with Swarup Damodar and Ramananda Roy about his wanting to go to Vrindavan. He says, I want to go alone. That's interesting because we always hear Prabhupada describes that the Supreme Lord, he always wants to be with his devotees. So why is it that the Lord wants to go alone? Well, Lord Chaitanya, he is in the mood of Radharani. And Radharani sometimes wants to be alone with Krishna. And so as he's going to Vrindavan, he wants to be absorbed in the mellows of this very intimate relationship with Krishna. But they, they convinced him to take one man. They said, that you, need, you need a servant, someone to carry your water pot, and somebody to collect alms for you, to prepare meals for you. So he said, they said, we'll be very pleased in this way, because the Lord said, I don't want to go with you not to be pleased with me. So he said, in this way, if you take at least one man, we'll be very, very pleased, very, very pleased and happy. So he said, okay, I'll take a new man, because if I take... Um, a regular associate, then the others will feel unhappy, will feel like I'm partial. He says, I'll take a new man, and it's interesting, he said, this man has to have a very peaceful mind. So this is another indication that the Lord didn't want to be disturbed in his meditation. And so we can take this into our own heart, as we're practicing Krishna consciousness, that we want to be an asset in facilitating this loving mood between Radha and Krishna. And we don't want to be disturbance to that mood. So he specifically requested a Brahmana or a devotee with a peaceful mind. So when the Lord uh, set off to avoid um, running into people, he went on the forest path through Jarakhand forest. And this is a beautiful pastime about how the Lord can um, give his causeless mercy to anyone. He can empower anyone. There's no material qualification. Um, and uh, there's this beautiful verse in the Padyavali, and this is from Rupa Goswami. This is very, very beautiful poems. And this one verse says, Did the hunter named Dharma have any piety? And I was thinking that this is Mrigari the hunter, because Mrigari the hunter, he was the most impious. I mean, he was somebody who wanted to see animals writhing in pain. I mean, even very degraded people, they still don't want, generally want to see that type of pain. Like Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, I try to say, conditioned soul likes to see others suffer. But suffering to that extent, that's extreme. Right? So this person, he was very fallen, but because he, he accepted the mercy of Narada Muni, he accepted the instruction of Narada Muni, he heard the good instruction, he took it into his heart and he followed. Then he became a pure devotee. So in other words, this most degraded person, he wasn't obstructed from attaining the highest goal of life because of that quality of accepting the mercy of Narada Muni the association of the devotee. This particular pastime is specifically um, to show us the, the power of the association of a pure devotee of the Lord and accepting that mercy. So he said, did the hunter named Dharma have any piety? Did age 
disqualify a five-year-old Druva, a five-year-old boy who desired more wealth than you can imagine? Talk about material lust. He wanted a kingdom like the demigods. That was Druva Mara. That was Druva, little boy Druva's desire. And what was his good quality? He, expect, he ex- accepted the mercy and the instruction of his mother, who led him to Narada Muni. And then he took that instruction and he very fervently executed that instruction. So you can see, no matter what position we're coming from, we have the good fortune of coming in contact with the devotee of the Lord. We accept that their mercy in the form of their instructions, and we take it and, and as our life and soul, as the Acharyas say, then anybody can achieve this ultimate goal of life. Degajendra, who lived by Trikuta Mountain, possessed an e-learning. It's an elephant. We generally don't think of, even a, even a celestial elephant, we generally don't think of as having great learning. But because he called out to the Lord, he called out to the Lord as his only shelter, and the Lord rescued him. Did Matura's Kupja, the maidservant of Kangsa, have any beauty? You remember this particular story that Kupja, she was serving King Kangsa um, by selling these very expensive oils. And when Lord Krishna and Balaram uh, came through Matura, this is before his battle with Kangsa, where he uh, killed King Kangsa. Um, he requested Kubja, this hunch, hunchback lady, very, very um, ugly hunchback lady, to please give me these oils. And because of her qualification of giving these oils to Krishna, unrestrictedly, and the Lord placed his lotus feet on her feet and lifted her chin up, straightened her out, and she turned into a very beautiful, very beautiful lady. And later on, she got the personal association of the Lord, and he fully satiated her, fully satiated her in pure Krishna consciousness. She had no other desire. All her other desires were removed because of this qualification. And this was a, a very dangerous move for her to give her oils to Krishna because Kamsa was a very cruel person, and they were meant to sell and, and give the proceeds to King Kamsa. So this qualification of hers, of giving, of sacrificing for the Lord. Did Sudama Ramana, the friend of Krishna, have any wealth? We know the story where he was petitioned by his wife to bring these uh, grains of rice to Krishna and, and, and request his help because they were having difficulty just maintaining their, their household. And then Krishna blessed them um, with so much wealth. Did the social status of Yudhura disqualify him? He was born of a maidservant, but he had the personal he He got to hear Bhagavatam. Actually, right now, he's, he's hearing Bhagavatam as we're reading this chapter from my, my training. This is the fortune of Vidura, although he had no social standing. Did the prowess of Ugrashain, the king of the Yadus, disqualify him? Ugrashain was a very wealthy and powerful king of Mathura district. And even though he was extremely wealthy and powerful, he was at the Rajasuya sacrifice with Lord Krishna. He had direct association with the Lord. 
And when they were offering gifts to the Lord uh, at the end of the ceremony, he was one of those people offering gifts to Lord Krishna. So even great wealth, great opulence doesn't disqualify. So then Rupa Goswami, now he's going to conclude this, this particular um, important point he's making. Madhava was pleased with their, with their devotional service. He is not pleased with material qualities. So we may be empowered, but that does not at all impress the Supreme Lord if we don't use it in his service, um, if we don't maintain the proper service attitude. Punar um, Bhuva Musika, again become mouse. You know that story, so I won't repeat it. But the power can be given, the power can be taken away. There's a, a hymn in the Christian church. Uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In other words, no matter what I have, if I'm just like a little spider in Ram's Leela, and I can just help. Vaisheshika uh, Prabhu, he always, um, he always speaks about doing your level best. Level, doing your level best means that like everybody has a particular capacity of doing service, just like the spider. The spider had a little capacity, but Lord, um, Lord Ram, he accepted, even though he was very tiny and Hanuman was very big, he accepted what the spider did on the same level of what Hanuman did, because he was doing his level best. That spider was doing their very best. So you can see it. Like, that no material qualifications will attract the Lord. Only the qualifications of surrender, humility, the, the qualities of Vaishnava, the 26 qualities of the Vaishnava, kindness, compassion, friendliness towards all living entities, and ultimately surrendering everything to the Lord. These qualities, they attack Krishna. So then, um, continuing with the, the pastime of the Lord, going through Jarikhan forest, is the blessed forest, Jarikhan. We can see that the extension of the mercy of the Lord is unlimited in this age through this pastime. And the Lord, he had accepted the accompaniment of Balabhadra Bhattacharya. This was the Brahmana that was I'm recommended by Svarub Damodar and to accompany the Lord. So as they're in the forest, they're seeing all these animals, tigers, described rhinoceros, elephants, wild boars. And so Balabhadra Bhattacharya is feeling fe fearful. But they're simply moving out of their way as the Lord is just completely absorbed in love of God, traveling through this forest. And at a certain point, there's a tiger laying on the path. And the Lord walks right up to the tiger and put, puts his feet on the tiger and says, Get up and chant the holy names of the Lord, Sri Hari. And so the tiger jumps up, leaps up, and starts chanting. <laughs> Krishna, 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 Krishna. 
And he's continuing on this path through Jari Khan. And he's taking his bath in this river. And these, he's describing these maddened elephants, they come to drink out of this river. And the Lord is doing his Gayatri mantra. And they all come up. Imagine all these elephants come up to Mahaprabhu, uh, standing in front of him. And he takes the water and he splashes the elephants with the water. He says, chant the names of Krishna. So the elephants, they start stampeding and chanting, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. And it's described that some of them are falling on the ground. Some of them are writhing in ecstasy. <laughs> Description. And so he's continuing on the path, giving more and more mercy. And he's singing the holy names of Krishna. And it's described that his sweet voice attracts the deer to come. So he has these pack of deer following around the Lord. And the Lord, he thinks of this verse. This is the verse that he quoted. This is from Srimad Bhagavatam. And this is when the gopis, they're describing the glories of Lord Krishna's food. So they're saying, blessed are these foolish deer because they've approached Maharaj Nanda's son, who is gorgeously dressed and is playing on his flute. Indeed, both the doe and the bucks worship the Lord with looks of love and affection. <coughs> so then the Lord was patting the deer, and they're continuing to follow him, and then tigers join in. So now he has tigers and deer following him. And the Lord is very pleased and blissful. And he quotes this verse, and this is from the verse in the 10th chapter where Lord Rama has just been um, illusioned by the Lord in the Brahma Vimohan Lila. And now the Vishnu forms are manifest, the Brahma is uh, uh, totally illusioned. But then he's realizing Vrindavan by the Lord's mercy. So there's, this verse is stated, Vrindavan is the transcendental abode of the Lord, where there is no hunger, anger, or thirst. Though naturally inimical, both human beings and fierce animals live there together in transcendental friendship. I don't have that written here. Yeah. So at this point, um, the deer and the tigers, they begin chanting and dancing the names of Krishna. And it's, it's described that they embrace one another. And their mouths touch. They begin kissing. <coughs> the tigers and deer are now kissing. So imagine this sacred time. The Lord is, is making the whole forest of Jari Khan into a sacred time program. <laughs> so as he is continuing, he has all these animals. This is described that even the beetles are chanting. It's described that all the living entities in the forest, the moving and non-moving, are moved by this chanting, are, are absorbed in love of Krishna. So the Lord is going to Vrindavan, but everywhere he's going, he's making this Vrindavan. Those are his beautiful pastimes. So this um, reverts back to the previous point we were describing, that Prabhupada, he made our good fortune. Can you let me know the house? what is the verse you just quoted from Bhagavad? Yeah. Um, so the yeah the first one was Shrimad Bhagavatam ten twenty one eleven, 
And the second is uh, 10, 13, 60. So Prabhupada made our good fortune. And we can see that generally somebody to approach to the Lord um, is very difficult unless they have qualities, like Dhruva Maharaj had qualities to accept the instruction of Narayana. These, these qualities that are coming from previous births, extremely difficult. But this particular pastime of Lord Chaitanya in the, in the Jari Khan forest, and then Prabhupada's statement that I have created your good fortune, is evidence of the fact that the Lord has extended his mercy to any and everyone, including the animals. Everyone can take part in this Hare Krishna movement. Prabhupada said, little child can take part. There's no restrictions. There's no barriers to take part in this, this mission. And the goal is, is because the Lord is unmanifest, as described in this, generally is unmanifest, like he was unmanifested before Brahma did his penance and austerity and gained the favor of the Lord. The Lord was unmanifested. So he says in Bhagavad Gita, Mayata tamidam sarvam jagat matstani sarvabhotani nachaham vastita. Avyakta. says, I'm unmanifested. By me and my unmanifested form, this entire universe is pervaded. All beings are in me, but I am not in them. In other words, Krishna is everywhere. He's expanded by his energy. He's in the heart of everyone. He's fully present, but he's unmanifested because of our vision. He's not manifested because we haven't... <coughs> Um, we haven't pursued the Lord. That's the main reason. We haven't desired the Lord. So now Prabhupada is changing our destiny by giving us this mercy so that our desire shifts. Now our desire is to see and obtain the Lord. So through following this process of Krishna consciousness, by, by strictly following, taking these instructions as our life and soul, we also can realize the Lord. We can also see the Lord, like Lord Brahma, at the beginning of creation. Um, so there's a few lessons that I, I felt were primary after reading this that, 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 that stood out to me. That was anyone can be empowered. Anyone can be empowered. But... We have to remain humble and submissive in service. Um, the mercy flows like these demigods, these great devas. Because they're very powerful, do they approach Lord Brahma with arrogance? No. They come submissively. So you are the empowered representative of the Lord. And they glorify him. So this is a way during our life, our lifetime of service, to always remain empowered and, and in the service of the Lord is by no matter how many years we've been practicing Krishna consciousness, no matter what our, our position is, that we always remain humble and submissive. We always approach the Guru and the Vaishnavas, those we are serving, with submissive, um, uh, humble behavior. Um, it's said in, in Mahabharata, 
that all of our spiritual practices, they're completely useless if we haven't developed humility and righteousness. That's a powerful statement. Because humility is the only way by which we can fully accept the mercy of the Lord. And then the third was, the Lord will manifest to our eyes. We remain in this mood. And that was a qualification of all of these persons, although they didn't have any material qualities, as Rupa Goswami is pointing out. Their qualification is that they humbly accepted and followed the order of the Guru. That was their qualification. That's the only qualification needed to go all the way in Krishna consciousness, is to remain humble, always remain humble and accept, submissively accept the mercy of the Lord. And what is the mercy of the Lord? How does it manifest? Right. Serving the spiritual master. Through the mercy manifests through the instructions of the spiritual master. Because if we grab hold of the instructions, we will attain the full result. That's what we want. I was thinking of this analogy. Have any of you ever assembled like IKEA furniture? Yeah? Because I know that personally I've done it several times, and sometimes I make a mistake, and I get to a certain point, and I have to take it all apart and do it all over again. <laughs> As embarrassing as it is, because it's not very difficult. Um, so I was thinking of this analogy because um, if we become deviant in our attitude in service of Guru, then we have to go back to the starting point. And we have to become humble and again find out what it is that I can do to please the Guru and what mood. Because it's not just doing, it's the mood that we do it in. What mood do I have to get into to please the Guru? Like if you've ever had anybody work for you or delegated, it's ex even if somebody does a good job, it's extremely difficult and unpleasant if somebody um, is like argumentative or reluctant or resentful. resentful, there we go. It's very difficult. So the Guru is trying to engage um, his disciples in the service of Krishna. So we want to make that as um, progressive. We want to make that easy for him. And we want to help him do that. Um, so then the attitude, like Prabhupada, he said, that, you know, the, the way we can advance in Krishna consciousness is mostly through the attitude, like the advancement of Krishna consciousness depends on the attitude of the follower. So we'll end here. Does anybody have any reflections or? Yes. I seem to recall in the Jory Khan of Pastime, which is probably one of my favorite pastimes, what they kind of flashed the elephants and they screamed in ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> he did what? The elephants screamed. He splashed them. Oh, he splashed them. And they screamed in ecstasy. <laughs> so they, they screamed and they writhed in ecstasy. Some of them fell on the ground.
Isn't that in Krishna's pastimes? There's also a pastime where the Lord gave mercy to a dog. And I don't remember that. You, is oh, anything, you? He gave mercy to the dog. Yeah. yeah. There was a dog traveling with the party from going from Navaguri to Jagannath Puri to see Lord Chaitanya. Shivananda Sane was in charge of the party. And one dog kind of attached himself to the party. And so Shivananda Sane was um, maintaining the dog by giving him his rights. And he became very upset when the dog was not giving his rights. And then right before we got to Puri, the dog disappeared. Couldn't find him. And then when they got to Jagannath Puri, Lord Chaitanya was sitting there throwing some green mango pulp to the dog. And they found the dog, Chet Hari Krishna, the dog was eating the mango pulp that had been thrown to him by Mahaprabhu, Chenny Hari Krishna. And then Hari Krishna says, and then that dog went back home back to God. Hi. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Anything else before we end? Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jaya, Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jaya, Gora Bhaktivrindi ki jaya. Thank you, Prabhu. It was all Marari Mamini's notebook. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>